please note, we are not giving expert medical advice. Our content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you do need to talk to someone, please look in the show notes where you'll find helpline phone numbers. Right, hello everybody. Welcome to episode eight of We Are All A Bit Mental. It's a chat show where we aim to question and challenge the rather wonderfully complex and often slippery subject of mental health. I'm Brandon Block. If you didn't know that by now, then your memory is worse than mine. And there's no <laughs> chance you'll remember the other three. So I better remind you who I'm talking about. That's the rest of the firm, of course. The wonderful Lynn Ferguson, the incredible Chesney Hawks, and the most spectacular Neil Harrington. Hello. Hello, everyone. Oh, hello, everybody. What an intro. Thank you, Brandon. Oh, oh it's so love, lovely eh? to see you all. So the title of today's show is Stop the Bus, I Want to Get Off. We are discussing being overwhelmed. What do we do when it all gets too much? How do we deal with that? But before we get into that, Ches, did you want to say something? <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, goodness me, you must have read my mind, Brandon. You're pathetic, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> all I wanted to say, guys, was just a quick reminder to our lovely listeners to hit the subscribe button on the website or on the socials so you can get our bonus content. Give us your email and we'll give you all the extra cool, fun stuff, plus the full-length, unedited episodes. Hang on a minute, Neil. Does that, does that mean I can swear more and it will get left in the extra long featured versions? Uh, I, I don't want to be seen to be encouraging you, but yeah, you're spot on, to be honest, mate. Yeah, Fan fantastic. <laughs> Brandon, I'm coming after your Hellraiser badge, mate. <laughs> Uh, what is that sound? Well, you said about three episodes he was a pussycat and not oh, a... Oh, oh, did you find oh. that? Did you find that for him? Neil. Oh, oh Neil. Oh, Bless you. He's too good. He's too good. <laughs> he, he is too good, Chesley. <laughs> Brandon's purring over there. Look, I'm just going to go out and mark my territory before we, we move on, if that's all right, because... There's been some very strange... Go spray, mate. Spray away. Felines in the garden who are being behaving very erratically. <laughs> so I'm just going to mark my territory over there. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, moving swiftly on, are we, I should imagine? Yeah, yes. it's you, mate. <laughs> That'll be me then. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> your line, son. <laughs> um, so before we get on today's subject of being overwhelmed, we're going to go now deep and put Chester's sad song, Mangle, as we've done with me, and uh, you saw the results. Tears. And many of them for weeks for weeks to come as well. As regular <laughs> listeners, you will know we try and get this feature into the show if time allows. So, Ches, tell us your sad song. Before we play it, why don't you tell us why is your chosen sad song? Well, I went for a song, um, an old song. It was written, actually, in the 18th century, uh, late oh. 18th century, I think, um, called I'll Take You Home Again, Kathleen. Wow. Um, it was my grandfather's favorite song. <laughs> so it kind of it's kind of a bit of both with me. It kind of obviously brings back, you know, good memories of because he used to sing everywhere he went, my grandfather, and whistle as well. And so this always brings me back to, you know, my granddad was this real manly man. He had he had the biggest hands you've ever seen. He was a he, he was actually a soldier. He was he was a Gurkha in the Second World War. Got shot down in a glider and got won Purple Hearts and everything. He was amazing. But when he, I got these great memories of him sitting in his armchair and he had a kind of a furnace fire beside him. And because he'd worked with his hands his whole life, they were all calloused. So he would literally open up the 
uh, <laughs> you know, the furnace and put his hand into the coals and just kind of, for, for effect, for us, us kids, because we'd be like, <laughs> you know. And whenever we came to visit, he'd, he'd shake our hands and he'd shake his, our hands so hard that it would, like, hurt, you know, <laughs> like bending over in pain and stuff. He was an incredible guy. And so I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Was I've, I've got great memories of him and his best mate, George Boynton. His name was uh, was Stanley Hawks, and then his mate, his, his best Stanley mate George, Hawks. Stanley Hawks. Yeah. I love Stanley and, Hawks. That's a great uh, name. I know it's brilliant. And they they both used to love to sing, and so this was one of the songs they would sing. You've set it up very nostalgically, Ches. Wonderful memories you've got there, mate, of that time. So let's hear your version of "I'll Take You Home Again," Kathleen. I'll take you home again Kathleen across the ocean wild and wide to where your heart has ever been since first you were my bonnie pride the roses all have left your cheek I've watched them fade away and I Performing, I'll take you home again, Kathleen. Oh. Wow, Ches, again, beautiful, mate. Well done. I feel quite teary, actually. It was really beautiful. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Oh. It, it just takes me back to visiting my grandparents as a kid, and and uh, that generation is is just you know, ma- mainly not there anymore. So it it really is kind of it's history now for me. That I, I have this fabulous memory of, of a. An afternoon with with my my grandfather and and his friend George, where they would they dig out all these old songs that we all know that are still in the zeitgeist and and st- people still know them. But what they knew was the it was the whole song, and and in those old songs like I don't know we'll meet again or something or roll out the barrel, there was always these incredibly long 
drawn out, sometimes three, four minute intros where they would sing this whole thing and you're like, oh, that's a nice song. And, and they sing this whole thing and they keep going and they keep going. And, and then they kind of go, and roll out a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just, it's more of a melancholic kind of feeling that I get from it because it just takes me back to those days. And I was always so interested in in songs that were big and famous in, in the early 19th century and even through the war, like, you know, Vera Lynn and stuff like that. It's just, it's just a beautiful thing, isn't it? So the musical stuff in your family then, Ches, it goes back more than one generation, obviously. It's not just your, your dad. Well, not necessarily professionally at all, but I know right. that my, my dad's dad, he, he used to sing. But then, of course, when, <laughs> when my dad decided to go into music as a career, my grandfather didn't understand that at all. Right. I mean, he was completely, uh, you know, against it, really. And, you know, so much so that even when dad hit number one with Silence is Golden, he took him out for a pint and uh, sat him down and said, right, son, so you, you, you're at number one now, aren't you? And he said, yeah. He said, well, you can't, you can't get any higher than that, can you? He said, uh, no, I, I guess number one is, is as high as you get. He said, right, well, you're going to get a proper job now. <laughs> You've done that now, so let's move on, shall we? So, in theory, your dad was probably at the forefront of uh, charting music, pretty much, mm. because obviously the years before that, they probably wouldn't, they wouldn't have had Top of the Pops and, I mean... Were they charting music in the 40s and 50s, 60s? I mean, when did that sort of become a, a no, thing? No, I think those kind of, I think that all kind of started in the 50s with like, you know, the influx of Chuck Berry and rock Bill and roll. Bill Haley and all that stuff. Bill Haley and the Comets, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, and then Buddy Holly, that's when the top 40 records and, and countdowns and all that kind of stuff. And my dad's, you know, he joined the Tremolos in 1964, I believe. So by then, Beatles had just come on the scene. It was like the Rolling Stones. It was kind of, that was the wild west of, of popular music, really. And I mean, they were, they were pioneers. They really were. I mean, you know, the stories my dad has from those days, I mean... It, it, I, keep, I keep telling him he needs to write his memoirs, you know, but uh, I'm not sure he remembers any of it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny, actually. I do really remember a time when I was young that all the adults would sit around and sing. Yes. You know, right. yes. That, that's, they'd gather yeah. together and sing. That's Maybe it. that's the way that they dealt with today's uh, special subject. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. On to today's subject of being overwhelmed. We've all been in a constant cycle of in and out of various lockdowns for what seems like, uh, well, I'd say yeah. forever. And there is no doubt that that alone has contributed to many people feeling overwhelmed. Now, that state of mind could stem from many varying emotions, depending on who we are and what we have going on in our own personal lives. So instead of uh, just kind of randomly going at various reasons why people might feel overwhelmed, I thought it might be much more productive for everyone and more value to observe something that's currently going right under our noses here in the show. Neil, huh. my little friend, <laughs> eh? come on, like it or not, come on, you're going to be our news for the next section of the show. Uh, yeah, being overwhelmed, um, I hit a brick wall. Okay, I think is the uh, is the best way to describe it. I was crippled. I was overwhelmed, and I ground to a halt. And I tiptoed round it, and I learnt something very valuable. Um, 
it was Brandon when we started talking about this and um, through you I've learned a lot about recovery and recovery programs and one of the things I've learned is that you have to take responsibility if anything is going to change and uh, I realized that one of the reasons for my being overwhelmed was underlying issues. So I had to face up to what those were and I realized that uh, those were the things that I needed to fix in my life. Uh, and then I would be able to focus and I wouldn't be overwhelmed anymore. And that's kind of the journey I've had over the past couple of weeks. To be fair to you and to the world, it's very difficult to not be overwhelmed at the moment. And I'll tell you for why, technically. Mm. Like in life, we have a lot of middle ground conversation, right? Like a lot of stuff that w how we communicate is, oh, you know, went out for Tagliatelle last night, did you? Yes, it was nice. Or, oh, I'm going to meet my sister on Friday. I haven't seen her since like last week and she's getting married. Like it's all these things that are like little exchanges of information that are kind of like, uh, you know, just plot lines. And all of that stuff is gone. All the middle stuff is gone. So that, can't, because people aren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So conversations are things like, how are you? Well, I'm coping. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, yeah. how are you? I Under am furious. I mm -hmm. am furious. So if you think about it in terms of story or watching a movie, if you're watching a like a scary movie and there, everything's always dead, it, then after a while you're like, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't, it's too much. It's too much mm. for me. It's too much. Right? No. Mm. Or even if it's like car chase after car chase after car chase, it's too much. Or even if it's one of those bloody French movies where nothing happens and people stare at each other while a clock ticks, you're like, oh, for God's sake, make something happen. Get right? on with it. There, there, but the middle part of it, has gone. There is no plot. There is no like guy just going to the store in Jaws. It's all this could be the shark. This could be the shark. This could be the shark. Yeah. And and people are worn with it. So it makes it very difficult um, mm. for to deal with simple things um, mm. in a time of this experience. And I say that only because um, in my experience of working in story many people associate uh, mental health dips with shame, right? Oh, that's interesting. And I would say that right now, if you're experiencing mental health issues and overwhelm, it's just a wee reminder that you're human. Yeah. Uh, go have a cup of tea, pat yourself in the back, and you've made it through another day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what are your ways of getting out of that feeling of, of being overwhelmed? What do you do, mate? Well, that's why it's so unproductive. I don't. I panic. It's crippling. And I can't achieve anything. And when there's deadlines that need to be hit and things that need to be done, um, but like I said, I think that's why it was really important to just take a step back and understand why there's been an issue and uh, I've been um, dancing around it and not actually solving it and it's starting to come to a head and with that faced up to and resolved and dealt with once that was gone it was like the clouds it was like a clear blue sky it was like this thing had been nagging away so that was the point that was the reason for the for the overwhelmness, I think, to be What honest. you've just said there is a 
a moment of awareness. Yeah. Because you now know, uh, you now know when you are becoming overwhelmed, or yes. you will, you will experience similar emotions or similar thought patterns when your next time you think, oh, you you experience something similar because your body will go into a mode of, or oh, the fear will come back or the anxiety, but it'll similar, and you'll be yeah. know what it is. You can then be able to take action before you get into that place of, you know, letting it come over the top of you and you know uh, panicking and so because. This is what it's about. This is about uh, awareness, about learning how we are as humans and that we are human, as Lynn said. We are fallible. We're not perfect in it. Well, who's... Uh, I said to Lynn, remember that little strap line? The wrong perception oh. of perfection. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Who have we got to be perfect for? Show me the being or the, the, the entity or whatever. <laughs> that is perfect. It's perfect. Or, or who's yeah. decided what perfection is. Someone said, oh, yeah. that's perfect. Is it? By whose standards? Mm. Oh, your standards make it perfect. So, you know, um, but it's a fa don't you think it's a fantastic process you've been through this week because you're sitting here now and saying, by working through something, talking about it, getting it out in the open, it's now lifted. There's your awareness moment and your overwhelm dealt with for the time being. As we know, you have to look beneath the surface, right? You have to look a bit deeper and figure out what's what's going on there. And uh, God, I don't want this—I don't want this to turn into Neil Harrington's therapy time for f sake. You know what I mean? We but, do. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is what it's all about, Neil. Come on. I think that um, I realise I get depressed. I withdraw. I look at the world. I watch social media. I, my faith in the human race, I think, is what I'm trying to say. In human beings, gets very low sometimes. Um, I think I see the, the damage that social media does to people's behaviour and perceptions. Um, and it just makes me want to withdraw. And, and sometimes I feel like if I could go and live in an island with loads of dogs, the old dogs that need a home, do you know what I mean? And I'd have a big super king-sized bed and I'd convert it with an easy ramp at the end so they could all just climb up and we could all just sleep in the bed together. I mean, obviously, I'd have to take the missus, wouldn't I? would take yeah, Karen with you I'd have too, to take maybe. Karen with me. But yeah, I get depressed and I want to withdraw. I watched uh, a TED talk by this Buddhist monk ages ago and he said, I think the single most destructive word in the English language is the word I. iPod, iPhone, I this, I that, I want... And we have all become so ensconced with, uh, because we're told we can do anything when we want and how we want. I want to do this, I want to do that. It makes me depressed. Do you know what I would say to, to you, withdraw. though? Definitely have your feelings and they're, they're important to work out what they are. But when I get lost in things, there's a guy, there was a Roman emperor, right? You can look him up or even put him in the links called Egabalus, right? And he's a, yeah, he's a Roman fucking emperor, right? And so, like, had all the power in the world, had people looking after him. He's known for doing absolutely fuck all. <laughs> he did nothing. And, like, while the Romans were doing roads and, like, you know, aqueducts and all that, you know what Agabalus did? He made the fucking whoopee cushion. That's what did Gabalus ever do for us? Eh? Well, yeah. He invented the whoopee cushion. That's what he invented. I don't yeah. know. I'm all over that. that. Very so, apart from that, <laughs> apart from the whoopee cushion, what did the Whip. Romans do for us? <laughs> ever do for us? <laughs> there is a point of looking at history where you're just like, you know, I, I like that thing of where um, 
I do firmly believe that even on a bad day, people are doing the best they can, right? There are always going to be assholes and there will always be stuff to see. Um, a lot of it's it, out of your control, though, isn't it? Totally. Yeah. I always think about, like, uh, be, being overwhelmed. Is The imagery is like a cup, isn't it? And you, you, it's, all, it, it's filling up and filling up and filling up and it gets right to the top and it's just that one little extra drop that goes in <laughs> that makes it pour over. But if you can find a, a way of kind of, as as um, Brandon said earlier, on just that realization that that's happening mm. somehow, like you did, Neil, mm. and just kind of you know just let a little bit of the steam off before it explodes, like it did for you, Neil. I think one of the things for overwhelm that's quite useful is to consider whether you're in the present or not. Yes. Like a lot of the time with overwhelm, it's like, if I don't do that, then this is going to happen, then that will yeah. happen, then this has happened, and then that's going to happen, and then this Looking is happening. Looking too far and into the future. Absolutely. And yeah. so <clears throat> the more overwhelmed you are, the more aware of the present. Yes. It's good yeah. to be. I was going to say know. exactly what you said. I can't believe you said it. We spend so much time thinking, when's that going to happen? Oh, I'm yeah. going to worry about I'm worrying about that, worry yeah. about that, worry about that. And you get to that moment, and it ain't happened. No, and you just, I've just wa I've wasted I've wasted yeah. four days, four days about when this impending doom was going to happen to me. Oh God, I know. And it hasn't happened. It's not even remotely near me. It's not even a person I know, and it's nothing to do with me. I've got no idea what I was even thinking about that for. I've wasted seventeen years. I'm not getting back. <laughs> My life. Thinking about shit that hasn't happened ever, yeah, and and won't happen, <laughs> and won't happen. Yeah, yes. but that's why it's good to be in the like you know it's a, in the such present a cliche moment. now, but like in the but present moment, it's that you know meditate, go go into nature, like ground yourself, have, you know, go out with your dogs, have you know with your pets, watch a funny movie, laugh. Laughter is the best medicine for any of that. Yeah, it just clears everything. You know, it's a story, whether it's true or not, and it's it's like I don't know. But Grimaldi, this great clown, right? Really famous clown, like huge in in uh, in clown world and in the world of comedy. And he he suffered from depression and overwhelm. As do like, a lot of comedians, right? right? So he was like um, really. He was like on this big tour. He was like really struggling with just his health and everything, and his crazy heads and all that. And I think he was somewhere in France. And he went to the doctor and, and said, look, you need to help me, I'm in, a, I'm in a mess. And the doctor said to him, he said, you know, what you need to do is you need to have a laugh. Now, I've heard Grimaldi's in town. He's hilarious. Why don't you go and see him? Right? And there's something in that story that's adorable about the thing of remember that you, like, there's a... Certainly for me, when I get into my overwhelm thing or when I get into a place where I'm like, I don't know how to handle stuff or I don't know what I'm going to do or this is too much for me, I sort of forget that I'm made of the same kind of skin, bones and internal organs as everybody else. Mm -hmm. That actually, that it's a human experience. It's a human experience to feel burnt out or overwhelmed. It's probably a clue that maybe you want to change direction and not carry on the way you're going. Mm. Um, because you're putting yourself at risk. But um, 
Yeah, I like the idea of Grimaldi and the doctor. It's a great story. Yes, right. Whether it's true that. or not, I don't no, know. I don't care. <laughs> Why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Totally. It is happy song time, and this week it's Brandon's turn. Mate, what are you going for this week? Well, I'm going for a uh, wonderful track by George Benson called Love Ballad, and I know <laughs> that my very esteemed <laughs> friend here has had great fun <laughs> recreating it because it's a orchestral number and he's done a fantastic job and I can't wait to hear it. Well, I've been cursing you all week, mate. Thanks for this. But this is my interesting version of George Benson's Love Ballad. Benson's Love Ballad. Well done, mate. Thank you. You never let us down. <laughs> Thank you. You can properly sing. You properly are a singer, Chesney. I mean, I know that's well, not a surprise <laughs> to you, but like, like yeah. you're a proper singer, man. Well, we're putting him through his paces. We're testing him, aren't we? I had no idea I could scat, but, you know, you learn these new things. These are things I'm learning doing this show, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning new things that every would, day. Incredible, that. I just, Why did you choose that song, mate? You know, the, 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 the words resonate on a, a massive level. Love ballad, you know, what a difference. It's just, and it's the chords, the keys. You know those certain sounds which resonate and they're, when they're all in a sort of lovely tone as opposed to, you know, there's certain other uh, music that you know, doesn't necessarily have that. But it just it's just that whole... Melody, I love it. I mean, I've loved it for years. And there's certain songs that I can pick up like that, like uh, Luther Vandross as well, you know, Glow of Love, which is another. It's funny, huge... George Benson and Luther Vandross were both backing singers before they were, they, they stepped to the front and, mic. Yeah. And then they became incredible solo artists. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Just one of those that re always reminds me of nice times and. and Takes you, know, you back. You know, you know, when you get the hairs in the back of your neck, yeah. stand up, and your arms. That happens with those records, and that was definitely yeah. one of them. And your version did the same thing, so oh, it's got job done, then. You know, job wicked, done, mate. And the scatting, man. There's the middle eight, though. We've got to 
conquer yeah, that Yeah, I, I, I stopped at the middle eight <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. I thought, I know, <laughs> It's like, I love Brandon, but... <laughs> oh, no, no, it probably was. Barry Manilow, uh, he once told me... Hang on. Yeah, let me just catch uh, it. Let me start it again. Um, right, go then. Well, uh, Barry Manilow once told me... Oh! Bang. Oh, yeah. You yeah, caught it? it yeah. Good. Basically, I was worried about the fact that there were too many key changes in, in his songs. And he said, before my opening night on the on the tour, he said, just listen and live the lyrics as you sing them, and the key changes will look after themselves. And did they? They did. They absolutely did. He's so right. If you listen to Barry Manilow sing, he is in emotionally from the very beginning. And, you know, that's one of the things that's, especially since then, but I think I do that naturally anyway. But, like, when I'm mentoring these young artists that I sometimes produce and stuff, it's the one quote that I bring up all the time. I bring up Barry Manilow. Because you've got to you've got to know what you're singing about. You have to feel what you're singing about. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to be able to, people are not going to be able to relate to what you're, what you're saying. You know, I don't care if it's a pop song or a ballad or whatever. It's a, you've got to really f go along with the emotion. You've got to feel it. Going out, love. That is. That's going out. That's going out. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Like I said, it wasn't intended to, to turn into my own personal therapy session, but it, it did really help. And I guess what what's it shown? Uh, I think that we hope that anyone who's been feeling overwhelmed recently um, hope that you've benefited from our little exploration and, and take on the subject. Uh, I think we'd say to you to try and stay calm and talk to friends and family. Exactly how how we've done here today. And if you feel you don't know who you can talk to, please have a look in the show notes where you will find helpline phone numbers. Something else, also, I think, remember that sometimes it helps to write things down. Uh, can sometimes help with a, a thought process or help as a healing process, um, which is why some people do blogs, right? Some people find that... Or write very, songs, even. Yeah, or writing <laughs> songs, absolutely. So, yeah, if you harness the power of your negativity, if it, uh, you know, that you're feeling, and you use it to create something else, a blog, then it can be a very powerful process, or a song. So if you do that, please message us and let us know. Send your songs in. Uh, let us know about your blogs, and we really get inspired hearing about your success stories. So our email is hello at weareallabitmental.com. What is it, Lynn? <laughs> hello at weareallabitmental.com. Hello. <laughs> hello. Absolutely. Uh, so that's it for this week, then. Remember that if you want to receive all the extra bonus content, why does that make me think that that's something dirty? What is it in those words? Because Extra Neil's always naked. That's, that's probably <laughs> why. Naked sounds better. I've been telling people this <laughs> for years. Naked radio is the way forward. Oh. It's my excuse and I'm sticking to it. Anyway, my final task before saying goodbye is to remind you to please tell a friend about us if you think they may enjoy the show. And also, yeah. if you hate the show, then tell one of your enemies. And <laughs> so until next week and we meet again, I've been Lynn Ferguson. He's been Chisney Oaks. He's been Brandon Block. He's been Neil Harrington. And we are all a bit mental. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Until next time. Bye. You've been listening to We Are All A Bit Mental with Chesney Hawks, Lynn Ferguson, Brandon Block and Neil Harrington. Written, produced, directed and engineered for Source Productions by Neil Harrington with plenty of help from Lynn, Brandon and Chess. Mm -hmm.